I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 312 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have got a very inspiring guest for you guys for a Motivation Monday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Ryan Stuman is a dad who completely changed his life around. He went from the jail cell to multi-millionaire. He is currently the CEO of Hardcore Closer. He's an expert sales and marketing professional, and he has got the results that are only possible from hard work, faith, and dedication. Ryan Stuman will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Ryan Stuman was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So get over to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube, hit me with a subscribe and check it out. And what a weekend I had down in Washington, D.C., where I attended and had the honor of speaking at the Dad 2.0 Summit. The venue was packed full of dad influencers that have websites, podcasts, blogs, businesses, and so much more, all focused on promoting the role of the father. And since I was in D.C., I re-upped my White House press credentials and was live in the East Room of the White House where the president delivered remarks on Black History Month. I had the opportunity of personally inviting Dr. Ben Carson to join me on the podcast. I'm going to try to follow up with him and see if I can't make that happen. I was also out there on the South Lawn right in front of the president trying to ask him once again questions about fatherhood. I was unable to pull it off, but it was so cool to experience him boarding Marine One and taking off from the South Lawn. Sooner or later, I'm going to make this happen, and I'm not going to stop until I do. Wednesday on the podcast, I have one of the best bull riders in the world that will be joining me here. Cooper Davis was the 2016 PBR champion of the world. He recently suffered a neck injury. He's going to be here to talk about that and so much more. And Friday, I'm going to have a dad here who has been crushing the podcasting scene for a very long time, Ross Patterson who hosts the popular Drinking Bros podcast. He's also an actor and a comedian. He'll be here with me on Friday. That's going to be a lot of fun. And be sure to check me out on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who will be joining me next week on the podcast. And as always, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day. Right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with successful entrepreneur, Ryan Stuman. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Dads, are you tired of taking supplements that never deliver? Well, Redcon One was created to ensure that you get real hardcore products that deliver real results. Trusted by four-time world's strongest man, Brian Shaw, and founded by supplement entrepreneur, Aaron Singerman, Redcon One is crushing the industry. You have to try their MRE bars, which are packed full of nutritious food sources that will replenish your system when you need it most. And they taste so good, your toddler will think they're eating a candy bar. But we're talking whole food meal replacement. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can save 20% on their entire order from Redcon 1. Simply use the promo code FATHER at the checkout. So let's go, dads. For the highest state of readiness, choose Redcon 1. Visit Redcon1.com, use the promo code FATHER, and save 20%. Joining me now, First Class Father, Ryan Stuman. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. I'm honored to be here, Alec. I appreciate you having me on, my man. Yeah, very cool. Let's start right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? 
I have three boys, and uh, they are two, seven, and eight. It's a very busy house. My poor wife; she's the only the only woman in the in the spot, man. <laughs> yeah, I have three boys myself, and then we got our girl on the fourth try. So uh, if we didn't get her on four, we'd have five by now. But we got her. <laughs> uh, what, what type of sports or activities are the boys into? So my oldest is uh, he's old enough now to where he's playing flag football. He played soccer prior to that. Uh, my middle kid that's seven is playing soccer and baseball right now. And the, the youngin is just now in soccer skills class. So uh, so he's not really playing competitively. Obviously, he's only two, but he's going once a week and they're doing dribbling skills and things like that with him. Yeah, awesome. Do you, do you get involved with coaching with the kids at all? Or do you step away from that and enjoy it more from the side? Uh, I enjoy it more from the side because of my schedule. It's hard for me to make a commitment to be uh, here because I travel a lot for work and everything else. So it, it, it w- I don't have the ability to make the commitment it would take to be a coach. Uh, but I, I make I, I make a good yeller from the sideline. You know, I'm that guy. <laughs> you know what? On that, Ryan, if you could, uh, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Well, uh, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, and actually, right now, I have a, a best-selling book on Amazon in the uh, child development uh, section. So, it, you know, teaching kids how to focus and get over uh, ADD and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, my life is is the exact opposite of my kids' life. You know, I grew up, and and my goal with my kids is to be the dad I never had. I was. Uh, my dad left home when I was about five years old, and I, I, I've seen him maybe two or three times since then. I was adopted by my stepdad, uh, but he was a, uh, a very abusive person, man, so I had to endure a lot of stuff. Dropped out of school early, ran the streets, went to prison, man. I, I lived a, a really rough, rough life up until I was about 29 years old, and uh, at 31, I had my – or my wife became pregnant with my oldest son, and uh, I made a decision at that time. It's like, you know what? I'm going to give these th- th- the time one kid. I'm going to give him everything that I didn't have. I'm going to be a good dad. I'm going to show up for him, show him unconditional love. And I'm going to create a, a, a and I was already pretty successful in business, but I'm going to create a lifestyle like nothing I ever had. Like my kid's biggest problems right now are, is dad going to show up or mom going to show up to school in a Lamborghini, Rolls Royce, McLaren. These are, these are things that I, I didn't even have like the ability to afford Hot Wheels of when I was a, a kid, you know? And, it, and again, it's not about material things, but just like I said, just just showing up in their lives in in the way that nobody ever showed up in mine. You know, the closest thing that I've got to a father figure in my life is my pastor in all reality. Yeah, that's good stuff, Ryan. I speak about the fatherless crisis we have going on in our country quite a bit here on the show. It's one of the things I focus on. And we have way too many kids that are growing up without a dad in their life. And just like you said, I mean, it does have that uh, tendency to lead them down the wrong path when they don't have that father influence. And, and, and like you, I mean, I, I'm a recovering alcoholic and an addict. I mean, I've been locked up myself. And, uh, you, you know, a lot of people will ask me what has been the turnaround. So what what has it been for you? What, what Was there any kind of marquee moment that kind of made you uh, make the switch in your head to start going from that negative thinking to a positive thinking? Yeah, you know, I, I'll never forget when when I, I've been to prison twice, unfortunately, and and the the second time was for a crime I didn't commit. But since I already had a previous crime, it was easy for them to pin it on me. You know how that stuff works, and uh, and you're guilty until proven innocent. And if you don't have a bunch of money, you're you're guilty. You know, and um, but the first time that I got out, I, I swore that I would never, you know, I would never cre- commit another crime. I would never break the law. I was going to be a law-abiding citizen, go to church and everything else. And honestly, I did all those things and somehow still wound up going back. And uh, when I when I got in there, I started thinking like one of these days, I, I was fortunate to where I didn't have any kids before, before I had to go away, right? So they didn't have to come visit me in prison, thank God. 
and all that other stuff. But it was it was one of those things where, you know, when I went to prison the second time, it's like one day I'm going to be a father and, and I got to just like I got to go so far to the extreme of being a law abiding citizen to where nothing ever gets interrupted or in, inter, intervened in, in the relationship way before I had kids. And, uh, you know, you. I don't know too many people that have had kids at the right time. You know, when I was just starting out at, in my entrepreneurial journey and starting my first business, uh, you know, my wife became pregnant with our oldest son and it put a massive amount of pressure on us and uh, put a massive amount of pressure on us financially. I didn't have insurance. I had to go sell cars to get a job that I had insurance because you couldn't here in Texas where I live, you have one choice, Blue Cross Blue Shield. And if, if you're already pregnant or whatever, they ain't fixing to insure you. It doesn't matter what you want to pay them, you know. And and so I had to go get like basically a corporate job and everything else. So I, I made some pretty big sacrifices for those guys and, and have set back everything. But, you know, I, I made the decision in 2002 not to get in trouble again. And somehow I still wound up in trouble, you know. Yeah, that's good stuff, Ryan. And, and you know what? I, I, I've had a lot of different uh, high-powered entrepreneurs on the show. I've had a Jordan Belfort, Grant Cardone, Ed Milet, all these guys on and they make it seem, I mean, now listen, we're living in this social media age where we see these guys on uh, on their Instagrams living this lifestyle. And we a lot of the dads that will contact me, they're, they're living jobs, that, they're working jobs that they hate. And they would love to transfer over into that lifestyle of owning their own business. So what kind of advice do you have for the, for the dad out there who's stuck in a job he hates and he's afraid to make that switch because it might do some damage to his family? Yeah, here's the scariest thing in the world for most people, and I have a lot of experience with this, so it's actually something that I can speak pretty well on. You know, we all know what our calling is, right? For me, forever, I was chasing a bag. I was I was a mortgage guy, and I was very successful when the rest of the world was falling apart in the mortgage industry. I was climbing the ranks. And uh, because of my felonies, when Dodd-Frank happened, they took my license away or they didn't take it away, but licenses went from being state regulated to federally regulated. I was a federal criminal, so still on federal probation. So I didn't get that license. So I was like forced out of a job. Most people uh, are never forced out of a job. So they get into a comfortable situation to where they're living maybe beyond their means or right at their means. And it makes it impossible for them to go a month or two without a paycheck. One of the best things that I ever made the decision, and it's never too late to make this decision for people listening, is I always live way below my means. Even today, I live like on like probably 10% of my income. And that's a lot easier to do these days. I get it. I'm a multimillionaire now. So it's a lot easier to, to, to do that. But even when I was making a quarter million, $300,000 a year back in 2008, 2009, I lived in a $115,000 house that cost 600 bucks a month that I owned. You know, I, I, I drove a car that cost $400 a month on a lease payment. Like I, I was never that person that, you know, it's, it was living on the level that I was actually earning on. So, you know, for some of you, you're already so far in debt and you're already so far behind the curve that you can't see the, the outcome. But, you know, there's guys like Dave Ramsey and stuff like that that teach you how to eliminate debt. There's John Communa's turning debt into uh, wealth programs that you can get involved in that are cheap. You can go watch the, the YouTube videos and stuff like that to learn how to consolidate things. And, and the thing is, when you do consolidate your debt, if you're one of the people that's, that's stuck in a job that you hate and you you got a lot of debt. When you do consolidate it, don't go stack up more. Live below your means. Stop eating steak dinner. Stop going out to the bar. Like all these little things start to add up. But fortunately slash unfortunately for me, I was in a situation where I didn't have any choice. And I thought, okay, well, I was a banker. I knew money. So I'm going to teach people how to make money. But 
as I as I've grown through this, I realized that that was never my calling, and so I kept hitting what was called what I call the force of average. I'd have a great month to make a bunch of money, followed by uh, a low where I didn't close anything at all, and I'm starving to death. You know, I I had my first kid with an ex-wife, and 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 started my own business, and then things fell apart because starting your own business is it's like having a kid. You're having your first kid. You don't know what's going on until you find out the hard way from experience, right? So we end up getting a divorce. So now I'm divorced. Now I got a kid and. And I have this this new industry that I'm trying to go into because I was one of the pioneers in social media way back in the day. I started this stuff in 2011, way before it was popular like it is today. But my advice is twofold. Keep low debt, right? Find a way to get out debt and find your purpose. Don't just leave the job that you don't like now for another job that maybe even pays more, but you don't like it neither. We all have a purpose in the back of our mind. God has planted a reason for us to exist on this earth. And many of you are out there ignoring it. You're drinking it to death. You're drugging it to death. You're sexing it to death. And you're just trying to hide that voice. You're like, shut up voice. I don't want to be a motivational speaker. Shut up voice. I don't want to go be an advertising guy. Shut up voice. I don't want to be a sales guy or whatever that is that that's called. But I can tell you from firsthand experience is when I started listening to the voice in the back of my head and finding the purpose that it was telling me in the back of my head all along, that's when things really took off for me. When I realized that my calling wasn't to be a sales trainer, it was to be a world changer. And I realized this in 2005 and it took me 11 freaking years before I even started to entertain that that was even possible. And now I think how much further ahead I would be had I started this process 11 years ago when it was first implanted in me. So you know what you're supposed to do. You know that you've got a calling. You know that there's something that you're passionate about and you have a purpose and it's the sooner that you can get into that even if you have to start it as a side hustle the sooner that you can get into that the sooner your life will get into uh congruence with where you're supposed to be you know the the other thing i'd like to add is is there's so many ways to make money out there that you don't have to chase money. Whatever you're passionate about. I mean, Gary Vee's like flipping my little ponies and stuff from garage sales just to prove that you can make money from this stuff, right? And he's passionate about Hot Wheels or whatever the case may be. As weird as that seems to me, that's his thing, right? But like, so you have no excuse in today's day and age. There's moms that go out there to garage sales, buy clothes, put them on eBay and make money from them. They go to the thrift store. I watch the the Pawn Star show all the time on, on TV. I love that thing for some reason. People will go to thrift uh, thrift stores, antique shows, estate sales, and they'll find stuff and they'll make a profit from it. So what, whatever it is that, that you feel like you should be doing, there is a way to monetize it, I promise you. Yeah, very well said, Ryan. And you know what? We, we are living in a time where there's so much opportunity available to everybody. You talk about consolidating debt. A lot of the guys uh, that follow the show here and listen, they're buried in college debt. And it's one thing I usually ask the entrepreneurs that come on here that have been successful is with everything, with all the opportunities that exist today for us, is college necessary for kids uh, to succeed in today's world? No, you know, I don't think my kids will go to college, to be honest with you. Uh, maybe they'll go to a trade school if they want to. But, I mean, I think that the world, the, the country has pretty much proven that college is useless uh, there's not too many college, there's not too many doctors that make the money that I make. And I'm a two time felon and a degenerate and dropout. You know what I mean? And, and here's these guys that got half a million, million dollars in college debt. And I'm able to springboard ahead of those guys because I don't have no debt at all from college. And if it's too late for you, one of the things that coming from a banking background that I can tell you right now is that money's flowing around now, like it was in 2005. So if you're going to get a consolidated loan, if you're going to do something with borrowing money to, to, to start a new business or something like that, you better get it now because we got about three or four more years of this. We don't know who's going to be elected again after that, and we don't know what rules are going to change and everything else. So like, get it while the getting's hot right now.
All right, dads, if you're a coffee lover like me, then I have got an exciting offer for you. Fruit of the Bean Coffee is giving First Class Fatherhood listeners 25% off their first order at fruitofthebean.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD and save 25% off fresh coffee that isn't roasted until you place your order. How's that for fresh? Plus, Fruit of the Bean is giving back by helping orphans and fighting human trafficking. Fruit of the Bean is partnered with Project Rescue and the Christian Alliance for Orphans. So let's go, dads. Visit fruitofthebean.com or tap the link in the show notes and use the promo code FATHERHOOD to get 25% off your first order. Once you place your order, that's when your coffee will be roasted, and a portion of the money you spend will go directly to helping orphans and fight human trafficking. www.fruitofthebean.com, promo code FATHERHOOD. Yeah, that's awesome, Ryan. And you know what? Reining this back into you as a dad here, um, obviously you went through some trouble in your own upbringing. Oh, how does that affect you? What type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is it a lot different than the style of discipline you grew up with? Yeah, you know, my my uh, my stepfather that adopted me, his answer for everything was violence. Hit him, spank him, choke him, whatever, push him down, like whatever. And and uh, for me, I hardly ever spank my kids. You know, I'll take things away from them, but I like to have teaching moments. You know, one of the I wrote some core values around how I was going to raise kids before I raise kids. And uh, it's in my spiral at home. And, and one of those is I don't say because I said so do this because I said so. I use it as a teaching moment. Hey, here's why you want to do this. Here's what happens if you don't do this. Here's the consequences that come from your actions. When my kids get in trouble, you know, we all we all from time to time get pissed off and we'll yell. You know what I mean? That's just part of being a man or a dad or, or whatever. And kids will bring it out of you from time to time. But for me, I try to teach every time a mistake's made, every time something that doesn't make their mom or me happy, I try to use it as a teaching moment. You know, here's why that upset me. Here's why we don't want you to do this. I don't want you to go down the path that I am. All my kids know I've been to prison. All my kids know the mistakes that I made, that I've been on drugs and everything else. I've been a hundred, I have a video called the force of average where it explains the whole thing. And I have my kids watch it two years ago. Uh, my youngest one, he's still a little young, so he hasn't figured it out yet, but the two older ones, they know. And, uh, and so when I, when they make a mistake and I'm, I'm quote unquote scolding them, I'm really teaching them so that they don't have to go through what I went through and they understand because of the stories I've told them, the hardships that I've been through. And so they get it, man. And, and it, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Cause they're like, oh yeah, well that's, that's probably how you wound up in prison, huh dad? Yes, that's exactly how I wound up in prison. You know, one of the weird things is, you know, you'd be listening to the radio and uh, a lot of entertainers die from drug overdoses these days. A lot of them, you know, a lot of them get arrested for drug stuff. And uh, we didn't have information coming at us as fast when we were growing up. And my kids will say, you know, man, you know, drugs must be horrible. Like everybody's either dying over them, getting shot over them, dying from them. So they have a different view on things than I did. You know, like my first venture into entrepreneurism was somebody in the hood that I grew up in that taught me how to sell drugs. You know what I mean? Like my kids first venture into entrepreneurism is they both have YouTube channels right now where they make videos because they want to be like Jake Paul, which is awesome, you know, but, but I didn't have that ability or. And, and I didn't have that information at my disposal when I was a kid. So, you know, like I said, I, I, I try to use everything as a teaching moment for them. And I try to use all the pain from my past to help them enjoy pleasure in their present, you know? Yeah, very cool, Ryan. And do you incorporate your kids into like, I mean, you just said there like you know, you wish you had learned all this stuff earlier on in your life. And you talk about the, you know, the YouTube and all this stuff that we have access to now. There's so much positive stuff on there. I try to have my kids when they're going to watch it, watch guys that I would think they can get something from, like a Jim Quick or somebody like that, 
that they can learn something from. How are you kind of handling or, monet- or, or, or monitoring all the social media and the technology and stuff like that with your kids? So the only thing that my kids use now is YouTube kids. And, uh, and so, you know, and occasionally I'll catch them watching my videos, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool at first. It was like, I don't know that you're ready for that. Cause I drop a few F bombs every now and then, but like, that's nothing they hadn't heard at home anyway. So, um, uh, but you know, they watch YouTube kids. None of them are on any kind of social media other than that. And so YouTube kids basically monitors that for you. It's only kid friendly stuff that's on there. Uh, they watch Netflix, but we have their own channel set up with restrictions where they can't watch it above PG and stuff like that. So, um, but again, I don't want to shelter them too much. I figure about the time that they're 10 or 11, I'll start letting them into more of the real world. But I also want them to enjoy their childhood. I I mean, I was forced to go to work at eight years old. I had to mow the yards of the car washes that my stepdad managed because he didn't know how to control me at home. And, and, and for whatever hate that he had for me or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, he just put me to work because that was the answer for him. And I, I want my kids to actually – I feel like I've been working my whole life, you know, and I want my kids to actually – uh, be able to enjoy their childhood, to be able to play sports and go hang out with their friends and and do the things that they want to. And we'll get serious with them about their life plans and, and things like that when they're probably 11, 12 years old, somewhere around there. Now, we set goals for them now, but their goals are to eat healthy and get good grades in school. They go to private school. Like, their lives could not be any more opposite than my life was, you know. But the beautiful thing is my wife uh, was raised up. Her dad's a hedge fund manager. He's retired now. He was a hedge fund manager for Wells Fargo. Uh, and she was a hedge fund uh, money raiser, whatever you call that, Series 63, Series 7 person. And she went to Catholic school as a girl, was, was private schooled and all that stuff. So they live a life really similar to her life, which was a lot better than my life. you know. And, and the good thing is I have her and she knows what that's like. So she's like, no, 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 they're not going to, to public school. We're going to put them in private school, public schools where the drugs are, and public schools where the kids that, that don't have the same beliefs as us. So they go to a Christian private school and everybody there's tight knit community. I've met some awesome people there. Like my kids go to school with Patrick Bet David's kids, you know, from Valuetainment. And, uh, you know, we're, we're the Rolls Royce squad up there at the school and, and their kids are, uh, the kids in their classes are sons and daughters of doctors and lawyers and, and, and leaders in the community, which, you know, doesn't always work out perfect. Right. But it is a better chance than just them being in public school and stuff like that. So, you know, try, try to do things that way. Yeah, and that's one of the debates that's difficult for families. It was for ours. We have two kids in public school right now, two in Catholic. Uh, so uh, I understand, you know, what goes along with both of those. What was the genesis here of the Break Free Academy that you got going on there? What was the genesis of that? And what else are you working on currently? So uh, back in 2014, I was at a gentleman named Kevin Nation's house, and uh, he was one of my first mentors, and he was teaching how to do seminars like uh, whatever it was that was your expertise, he, he would teach you how to get people there and how to deliver the content and how to become a teacher. He's one of my favorite people, man. He's really good at that. And, you know, I, I sat there at his house one day and, and I was a sales guy. That was all I ever knew, right? A sales job. And I came up with the term break free Academy because I, I felt like my life, I lived a life in bondage, bondage to addiction, bondage to loving the wrong people, bondage to relationships that weren't two way relationships, bondage inside a prison, bondage inside the mental shackles that I had. And I, and I wanted to help people break free, but I wasn't exactly sure it was a wrong time in my life. I wasn't exactly sure how to do that. So our break free Academy started off as like breaking free from just being a sales guy. You could be a sales and marketing guy. Cause when you pair marketing with sales, then that's where the real 
wealth has been. But, you know, over the years, I helped quite a few people become a millionaire and some of them got addicted to drugs. Some of them went back to prison. Some of them even died because they didn't take care of their health. And I thought, man, there's there's got to be more that I can do to lead these people because money truly doesn't solve all the problems. Now, don't get me wrong. Money ranks up there with air and water. But if you've got other stuff, then money will only make like if you got a drug addiction and you got money, dude, your problem's only going to get worse. Right. And so. Now it's morphed into the Break Free Academy is the name of our company. Our program is called Apex. And what we do is we help people uh, live by something we call the G-code, which is the code to being great in your life. We help people have a grateful mindset. People work on their genetics, which diet and exercise. People work on their grind, which is their job, which is their companies they run, work for, their employees and their uh, customers, right? And then the group of people that you're surrounded with, which is your mentors, uh, your kids, your spouse, your friends, right? And so we teach people how to go like – I know Cardone, which you, you mentioned, is like the 10x guy. You got to 10x your goal. I'm the exact opposite of him. I believe that you need to 0.1x your goal. You need to figure out that goal into a daily basis because if you're trying to make a million dollars and you never made a million dollars, $10 million is just going to seem unfeasible and you're only going to make – you're only going to be more disappointed when you don't make it. What I, what I teach people is if you want to make a million dollars, focus on making 2800 bucks a day. Right. If you want to have a great relationship and at the end of the year uh, have all these breakthroughs, break that down into what it's going to take for you daily. If you want to lose 30 pounds, then don't try to lose 30 pounds in a month where you put it back on the next month because you're hungry and you feel like you starved yourself. Break that down to four or five pounds a month over the course of six months so you can get it off and keep it off. Right. Break it down into daily goals. And so. I actually just released the book uh, on the G-Code three weeks ago. It's still number one in its uh, category on Amazon, and it basically teaches you this this process with software, and everything's free. The book's six bucks because Amazon makes you charge for it. That was the lowest they would let me charge for it. And, and it comes with software that basically gamifies <clears throat> you winning and focusing on these four areas of your life. And so, you know, break free is really more from breaking free from sales and being able to be a marketing genius and all this stuff to to truly breaking free from everything that holds you back, breaking free from bad relationships, breaking free from bad genetics, breaking free from the scarcity mindset, breaking free from the bad job. And so uh, Apex is what we call our program because, you know, Zeke Ziegler, who was my first mentor, he, uh, he would always say, see you at the top. And, you know, he's passed away and Apex is the top of something. So we help people get to the top of their game by focusing on living the G-code out daily. Yeah, very cool, Ryan. I'll put a link in the description of this podcast episode for my listeners to just tap the link and check the book out. Um, last thing I want to hit you with here, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for the new dad or for the about-to-be father who's out there listening? You know, kids are very uh, resilient. And so all the things that you worry about, like we live in a time where there's not very many kidnappings in America because there's video cameras and it's easy to put an Amber Alert out. So all those things that you're scared of, them swallowing stuff or them drinking. Like I remember watching Punky Brewster uh, when I was a kid and the kid drank a bunch of Drano from under the sink and stuff like that. There's childproof locks on everything. There's video cameras everywhere. Like all those deep-seated fears you have, they're not going to come true. The chances of those things actually happen are like 0.1. Sure you want to be conscious of them, but you don't have to worry yourself sick. Because uh, I can tell you this, by the time you have your third kid, you're like, ah, he's going to make it. <laughs> you know, it's just, you you kind of get into the groove, right? So all those things that you're scared of is, is not going to happen. The main thing that I would suggest is that even if you're not with the woman that's having a kid with you, even if you're not in an active relationship, she's an ex or a one night stand or whatever that case is, uh, just show up for her and be your best for her because that's going to be an example of the father or mother that uh, that 
if you have a daughter, you get to be the best example of a father so she knows what man to step into, right, so that she doesn't end up uh, in the same past that we come from. If you have sons, you get to demonstrate what it is to be a father so that they know what to look like and how to live their life too. So the best advice that I can give you is twofold. Don't worry about the things that you worry about and and really just make sure that you show up for the woman that, that's having your kid. You know, uh, when my ex-wife and I got divorced and my oldest son is from her, I made the decision that like no matter how much hell she might put me through, and she did for years. Uh, I was just going to still be like a, a yes man. You know, hey, I can do this. I can pay for this. Do you need extra money? Do you need me to show up? I can pick them up. And now we have the best relationship. Like if you were to model a divorced parent relationship, like we would be the best one, period. She just texts me today and she's like, hey, Jackson's having a Lincoln Log contest at school on Friday. I know you're going to go there. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the store and buy all this stuff for you and put it in his backpack so you don't have to worry about it because I know you're going to be out of town Thursday. That That's not because of her. That's because I showed up and became a yes man and did what I needed to do despite her dad not liking me, despite her being mad at me and divorcing me and everything else. I made the decision to show up for her because of my kid, and I would suggest that for you guys as well. Yeah, very well said. I uh, love the message. It's been an honor for me. i got to say, Ryan Stuman, you're a first-class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Ryan Stuman for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys. Or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. Wednesday, saddle up. We are going to have one of the best bull riders in the world, Cooper Davis, who was the 2016 PBR World Champion. He'll be joining me here on Friday. We're going to have one of the most well-known podcasters in the industry, Ross Patterson, the host of the very popular Drinking Bros podcast. He also hosts a podcast of his own with his wife. Going to be a lot of fun, so make sure you lock it in for Friday's episode. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers. Thank you.